I'm Christine Bentley here with Kate Wheeler, and you're listening to what she said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Now, kicking off today's show, we're delighted to welcome power couple Dr. Sumit Joss, a neurosurgeon, and Sonia Joss, one of Canada's top health and wellness experts. And uh, we know them well. Yes. We know Sonia well anyway. Yes. Well, they're going to tell us uh, um, about an exciting event coming up that they're co-chairs of the Trillium Diwali Gala that's going to be held on Friday, October 26th. It is, if you did not know, the GTA's first and largest Diwali event. And over the last 16 years, it's raised more than $9 million. And we also hear there's going to be a special surprise entertainment guest that we will be announcing if we can get them to spill. Christine, you're good at that. I'm good at that. Because after all, I mean, it's just between friends, right? We're just sitting here chatting between friends. Absolutely. And... A modern girl is nothing without her squad of besties. But don't let all the hashtags fool you. The hashtag girl squad goes back a long, long time. Geek girl Sam Maggs will be here to tell us about her new book called Girl Squads, 20 Female Friendships That Changed History. And it takes readers on a tour of some of history's most famous female BFFs, spanning art, science, politics, activism, and even sports. Now, film critic Ann Brody will have the latest movie and TV reviews and, and an interview with with Shark Water Extinction cast members and conservationists Reggie Domingo and Brock Cahill, who talked to her about Rob Stewart's legacy and final documentary. Emily Ramshaw, the country lead for Bumble Canada, is going to tell us about the way people are connecting and meeting in today's age and the leading brand behind it all. Now, Bumble is an app with three different modes. There's dating, friend finding, and networking. The mm-hmm. best part? It's led by women, employs 85% women, and definitely prioritizes its women users. And we'll tell you why coming up. And you'll want to stay tuned until the very end of the show because Toronto pop singer-songwriter Kiara Young will be here in our live studio sessions performing her latest single, Fallout, which already has more than 35,000 streams on Spotify. So she may actually be making a little money. And it's contest time. OLG newest instant game, The Bigger Spin, will be at the National Women's Show November 9th to 11th at the Metro Toronto Convention Mm Centre. And they're inviting attendees to take a spin on The Bigger Spin promotional wheel for a chance at some great prizes. And we are giving away five The Bigger Spin prize packs. Each pack includes a pair of tickets to the National Women's Show, a $100 OLG lottery gift card, um, as well as two coupons for uh, the big spin. So each prize pack's worth about $134. You can look up the contest now on our social media accounts at What She Said Talk and follow the directions right there. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Meridian's three-year Escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is power couple, Dr. Summit Joss, a neurosurgeon, and Sonia Joss, one of Canada's top health and wellness experts. And they're here to tell us about a very exciting event coming up that they are co-chairs of. So welcome to what she said. Yeah, that sounds so official. Okay. So, uh, yeah, co-chairs. Co-chairs of the Trillium Diwali Gala. That's coming up on Friday, October 26th. Now, it is the GTA's first and largest Diwali event, and over the last 16 years, it's raised more than $9 million. So how did you first get involved with the event? 
Well, um, my husband actually got a job at Trillium, and so um, that's kind of our our lean into the event that mm-hmm. started several years ago. I guess you've been working at Trillium now for three years. Three years, yeah. Right. Um, I've actually been attending the the Volley Gala for years. Um, My dad actually used to be like an avid participant. And so I've been going for, you know, quite a while. Um, But now we've gotten, I don't know, I guess a different taste of it being on the other side, on the committee side of things. And so how's that going for you? I don't know. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot of work. A lot of really fun work. I mean, the Trillium, the Volley Gala is essentially a really elaborate South Asian event that has all of you know the fun and flair of an Indian wedding. So you've got you know incredible. Well, they go on for oh, days, I know, I right? Know. <laughs> those go on for days. Well, yeah. I have chaired a gala committee, yeah. and mm-hmm. so what were you drinking when you said yes? <laughs> well, it's it's funny because the gala has been going on for 16 years, and mm-hmm. it's kind of getting bigger and bigger. And so, as Sonia said, we were attending the gala. And um, it's always been going to benefit different programs, so cardiac surgery, oncology. And so we really wanted to make the case for neurosurgery. So last year was the first time neuro ever uh, was funded. So, you know, you're, you're new, you're starting out, you want new toys. And so you say, yes, I'll do it. And <laughs> the first year was uh, probably a lot easier because no one took us seriously. And so there's been a lot more responsibility this year uh, yeah. as the second year that it's going to the stroke yeah. program as, this as year. As the committee sort of evaporates and it's just the two of you yes. and a few other people. Is that how it always goes? So what's it like working together as co-chairs? Uh, you know, I think it adds I, it. I'll say there's no co. <laughs> uh, she chairs it and then uh, gives me the heads up and then uh, she takes the calls uh, and I'm around. But uh, yeah, so I I do I, I do a lot of the medical side of things, which is very few and far between, but she's really the one. Well, Look, but this is this is for you. Then the proceeds from this year's gala, as you mentioned, will support the hospital's regional stroke and neuro, neurosurgical program. Mm-hmm. So tell us what what impact it will have. So a gala uh, like this, yeah. So so you know most uh, capital investments in a hospital are from the community. Right, mm-hmm. and so you know the government sp- uh, pays for the day-to-day stuff, but to get the technology that we need to be on the forefront comes from the community. And so, um, one of the big developments in stroke uh, care has been this new technique where we can actually go up into the brain, grab the clot, and pull it out. And it's made a dramatic difference in terms of outcomes for patients. And it's happened in the last few years. And so we're catching up with the technology. So we have this special X-ray machine called a biplane, which we use to see the blood vessels of the brain and the clot. And uh, we're looking to use this money to invest in a new machine. Where you That's said you go up and into the brain. Where do you where do you enter yeah, through so it, your I mean, arm? leg? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you've seen like angiograms, yes. right? So basically the same technique where we go in through an artery in the groin called the femoral artery, and we go up with a catheter, and all but this, the way to the brain. Yeah, and we go up into the brain, and the X-ray and the dyes show us where our catheters are. So we're about a meter away from the brain, and we're kind of twisting these little catheters to try and do things. And so we can do a lot of things. We can treat aneurysms. We can treat AVMs and stroke. So what? What? How has that changed the outcome? So it's for been dramatic. Patients? I mean, you know, up until um, the last twenty years, there's a medication called TPA, which is a clot busting medication. Mm-hmm. So if you have a stroke, you can come in within four and a half hours of your stroke and have this medication to dissolve the clot. Now, only about ten percent of people actually present within four and a half hours to get this medication. A lot of people don't get it, and so they're left to, you know try to survive the, the stroke and some of them pass away. And so, uh, you know, the literature says that about 29% of patients who get that medication go on to have a good outcome, meaning they can return to work. That's- With this new thing technique, we can do it up to 24 hours after the stroke. So you can come in a day after you've had your stroke, we can pull out the clot, restore blood flow, and 50% of people now will go back to work or wow. a good um, function compared to 29, yeah. And I'm going to put you on the spot here and ask you how much it costs, because I don't think people at home realize what, how expensive medical equipment is. So somebody told me for a baby, a little thing to put their a tongue suppressor mm-hmm. is like $150. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. for a bassinet, it's a fortune. So a machine like this, how much is so it? So the machine itself is about $2 million. Yeah. Um, just uh, fitting the room to accommodate this is about a million dollars. Um, and then just the the stents that we use to remove the clot, for example, is about four thousand dollars each time we do this procedure, and that's just this, the, the the catheters and stuff we that's use. Nuts, but, eh? it, but it's just you know I hope people will go and support this Absolutely. because 
there can't be that many of them. No, and, and you in know, the GTA exactly. So there's 130 roughly hospitals in Ontario, ten of which have neurosurgery, and only seven have this neurointerventional biplane um, technique. So only seven hospitals that do it. And I think it's so interesting, it, also, actually, just to touch upon that point that you know people think that Trillium is specifically a Mississauga hospital, mm-hmm. but they don't recognize the vast geography that Trillium is actually um, you know taking care of because yes, it's on the west end, so it doesn't feel like it's quite so central. But I we mean, take care can, of like Oakville, uh, Mississauga. Saga, Etobicoke, Brampton, Milton. But it's not only that. It's like universities. Hospitals have specialties. Yes. And, for example, for children. I mean, you go to a level three for a child who's really ill, right? Yeah. And there aren't that many. Exactly. So if you have a stroke... it's quite possible somebody from Scarborough, if they don't have room for them somewhere else, will will come out. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it works. Yeah. So, do you think at the end of this year, with with fingers crossed, you'll be able to buy it? Yeah. So we We're are hoping. in the RFP process right now. So we'll hopefully have something by the end of the year, and we're looking to install the machine hopefully by April. Um, but you know, as you know, it's one thing to get the machine and they'll give it to you on credit, but we have to find ways to pay for it. So that's what we're working yeah, on. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, about the gala Friday, October 26th at the Pearson Convention Center. Mm-hmm. That's in Brampton. Mm-hmm. You get more than a thousand guests attend. Absolutely. Year, more than a right? thousand guests. The food is just tremendous. I mean, we're lucky that Indian clothes are primarily made out of stretchy pants <laughs> and elastic waists because, um, it is like a really incredibly food focused event Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's some really great South Asian entertainment this year we've got RDB yeah. Yeah. So they're um, they're a really really great group that uh, do a lot of um, you know current fusion South Asian type music. So so we're really excited about them. And are you volunteering the next morning to do a little workout to wear off oh, all that food? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. But I will say that the dancing that goes down after dinner for the few hours that you're on the dance floor is pretty sufficient to work up a pretty, yeah, pretty mean off. sweat. But let me just say this for anybody who's listening who lives in the area or or who supports the idea and they're not going to be one of those thousand guests. Where can they go to donate anyway? To buy tickets or to donate. Yeah, so DiwaliGala.ca is the website and the Trillium Health Partners Foundation is always open to donations and and things like that and you know, any small amount can make a huge difference. Can they specify that they want it to go that? Absolutely. 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 Yeah, That's and it's important. amazing, like the work that the foundation does. I mean, you really, as you said, right, you just take healthcare for granted and you assume mm-hmm. that everyone's got the technology and you don't really sit back to think about where does all this come from until you're on the other side, on the committee side, seeing what the foundation really does. And then you're like, oh my goodness, like there's a whole engine behind how to make healthcare top notch. I don't think people really understand that all the equipment is bought by the community. Yeah. Right. Like the hospital, mm-hmm. yeah. it's the funding and the salaries, that's fine. But yeah. if you don't have an x-ray machine, yeah. what do you going to do. Yeah, but if you I want know. a new hospital, I mean, that, you ha- that the community has to pay for that. Absolutely. Yeah. As opposed to just assuming that the technology comes with the building, yeah. which is like really what I used to think. You know, you're like, well, if you've got a hospital, then there's going to be stuff inside there. But where is the stuff coming from? <laughs> now, for those who don't know, Sonia, ex- explain what Diwali is. Uh, so it is the Festival of Lights. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, uh, you know, India's largest um, festival. It goes on for, I mean, the celebrations typically go on for a month. Um, and so there's firecrackers and sweets and, and a She's lot. She's back on the food again. Around, well, <laughs> can you tell that I haven't had lunch yet? Yeah. Um, but it's all around prosperity. And um, it really is considered to be the most tremendous festival um, for the South Asian community. And I think Canada is doing a really great job of really kind of like livening it up. You know, I hear that there's a lot of fireworks that go on in Brampton these days and stuff mm-hmm. during the Diwali yeah. time. So for the whole community, it tends to be a pretty big mm-hmm. affair. And it's it's nice that we've been able to kind of wrap the two things together. Such an auspicious occasion and such a tremendous cause kind of bringing the two together. Okay, so you can get tickets uh, to the event mm-hmm. at DiwaliGala.ca. So that's D I W A L I Gala dot C A. You said that really well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, really well. Uh, uh, <laughs> my kids went to a Montessori school. Oh, there time. you go. <laughs> you know. Thank you for coming in and telling us all about it. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having us. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. 
Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Dear Diary, it's day 15 and I still can't seem to figure it out. How can Hill Street's alcohol-free beer and wine taste so good? A. They've invented a new undetectable alcohol. B. They're straight up lying to us. Or C. They're wizards and each drink is infused with the blood of dragons! I think I'm onto something. Hill Street Beverages. 0% alcohol, 100% taste. Available at fine retailers across Canada and at hillstreetbeverages.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. A modern girl is nothing without her squad of besties. But don't let all the hashtags fool you. The hashtag girl squad goes back a long, long time. Joining us now is geek girl Sam Maggs, whose new book, Girl Squad's 20 Female Friendships That Changed History, will take you on a tour of some of history's most famous female BFFs. Welcome back, Sam, to what she said. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back talking to you guys. Yeah. Well, this is such a, a cool topic because it's spanning Art, science, politics, activism, sports. Yeah. The girl squads in this book show just how essential female friendship has been throughout history and throughout the world. So what was... What was the catalyst? What was the initial idea for this? Yeah, great question. I previously wrote a book called Wonder Women, yeah. which was 25 women. That mm-hmm. was the last time I was here. 25 women in the history of STEM, so science, technology, engineering, and math, who had been successful and that we'd never heard about. But I realized when I was writing that book that my favorite stories were not the ones that just focused on individual women, but the ones where a bunch of women helped each other out mm-hmm. in order to become successful. And I kind of started thinking, I, I think a lot in our society, women and girls are really socialized to feel as though we have to be competitive with each other instead of cooperative with each other. We sort of all suffer from this Highlander syndrome where we think like there can be only one, you know, there can only be one female radio show host or like there can be only one girl on the internet who talks about video games. So we feel like we have to compete with each other because we're never really shown, I mean, on purpose, examples of girl squads or girl team ups. We always see like a bunch of dudes and the one girl. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I really wanted to write a book that would provide a great example for readers of the fact that women have been collaborating and cooperating all throughout history, all over the world to create great change and that we're stronger together than we are apart. And the fact of the matter is that it's our nature to want to cooperate. Totally. Yeah. I Um, mean, it's not really our nature to want to compete with one another. I don't think women. No, I think it's a myth. We're almost set up in a way. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone is catty by nature necessarily. You know what I mean? I I think that we are, we all, like you say, humans want to be a tribe. We want to be together. We want to help each other. And when we lift each other up, everyone is better for it. So I really want to encourage that. Well, let's go through some of, some of the women featured in this book, and you can tell us why they, sure. in particular, inspired you. These two sound fun. Anne, Bonnie, and Mary Reed, an infamous uh, duo of pirates who sailed the seven seas and plundered with the best of the men. Well, they inspire me already. (laughs) (laughs) They were two real-life female pirates. Interestingly, I learned while writing this book that pirates, as we think of them today, really only existed for about a 30-year time period in the 1700s called the Golden Age of Piracy. So during those 30 years, uh, there were these two, among many others, um, really awesome female pirates. And the cool thing about pirates is that they were democratic, they were socialists, they had disability insurance, and they accepted people of all different races and genders, including women. So actually, like, pirates were great, kind of, yeah. That's (laughs) interesting, because at that time, women were considered bad luck on a on a ship. In, on Navy ships, certainly, yeah. And, and also they they had no sort of, you know, if you got injured on the job, which a lot of people did in the Navy, tough luck kind of thing. You mm-hmm. know, people of color mm-hmm. couldn't serve in the Navy. Um, so this was really, pirates were a really democratized and forward-thinking group of folks <laughs> who were sort of put through a smear campaign because people liked them so much that the, uh. the English <laughs> colonialists had to be like, no, they're, they're bad, actually. <laughs> 
And then we have a pair of Parisian socialites, Jeanne Manon Roland and Sophie Grandchamp, who landed front row seats from prison, mind you, uh, to the French Revolution. Absolutely. These were two gals who, in the lead up to the French Revolution, started to look at America and England and think that, you know, constitutions looked pretty good, maybe, and that's what they wanted instead. And so they started to run um, a series of salons, like you say, in Paris that brought together all the greatest minds of the French Revolution. Um, But many people writing at the time said that they were the smartest of the bunch. They just sort of chose to stay back on the sidelines and act as though they weren't really the ones who had the power and let the men think that they have the power, which is something I think we're probably all familiar with at (laughs) one point or another in our lives. Um, And unfortunately, Manon ended up uh, losing her head for her trouble, but... Um, they were good friends right up until the end. So pretty inspiring stuff. That darn guillotine. I know, eh? Okay, the Zora Orchestra. Now, they're from Afghanistan, and they became the nation's first all-female musical group. They must have been defying all kinds of laws and danger there. Definitely, and actually they exist right now. So this mm-hmm. is like a very modern thing. I think a lot of people know that Afghanistan with the Taliban and everything obviously has a very troubled past when it comes to um, women's rights and civil rights. But what I think a lot of people don't know is that the Taliban also banned music in Afghanistan and the playing of music. So for these girls now, not only to be public figures um, with careers, but also careers as musicians is sort of a crazy catalyst for danger that they put themselves in every morning when they wake up and grab their cases and walk to school. And we're talking about 12, 14, 16 year old girls. Um, it's it's pretty impressive. Mm. Well, you've talked about collaboration. Um, female friendship definitely is a thing. You talk about how many women pushed the boundaries, won victories, uh, and did so because of and not despite other women. Yeah, absolutely. So they were made better by... By having those besties. That's absolutely right. You know, I mean, look at you two. <laughs> I think that's a great example of this. I think that women are, we we want to support each other. We're, no one's going to make change for us, basically. So if we want to see big changes for ourselves in the world, we better stand up and, and make them because otherwise, you know, what are we going to do? So what was one of the coolest things you learned when doing the research or writing this book? One of my favorite stories in the book, I really love the Zora Orchestra. I'm glad we talked about it. But I think another one of my favorite stories in the book is, like we were talking about their sports squads in the book, Mm -hmm. athlete squads. That was really new for me. I don't really know a lot about sports, so that was kind of outside of my comfort zone. But it was discovering how these different groups of athletes, like, not only were very impressive in their own fields, but also served to change in some ways, the political climate of the countries that they're playing for. I really love the story of the 1964 Japanese Olympic women's volleyball team, um, which you might not think a volleyball team would have any significant political or cultural impact. But in 1964, post-war Japan was trying to reassert itself on the world stage as a peaceful, technological, innovative power. And the pressure of that sort of like personal rebranding on behalf of the Japanese government fell squarely on the shoulders of this Olympic volleyball team in their gold medal match against the Soviets, with whom the Japanese also had a very um, difficult history. So it reads like a sports movie. Like, it reads like Rudy to me. So I think it should be a movie. Yeah, it's great. So uh, veering away from the book for a moment, what about your own personal life? Oh, yeah. Give us an example of a situation or something that you've done that you might not have done had it not been for a bestie. Oh, probably like all the work that I've done, essentially. The great thing I think about social media and the internet now is that we're able to find people with common interests and common jobs that maybe we might not have found in real life, quote unquote, otherwise, to form our own communities of, you know, nerds, like, that's my thing, like, I'm a big nerd. So I was able to find a community there of people who are making comics or making video games for women who you may not have ever found in the real world, depending Mm -hmm. on the town you live in otherwise. So having the support of that great community that I found through the internet at pushing me to um, succeed and to do what I believe in is pretty cool. I feel pretty lucky. And is that what you hope people take away from reading the book? Definitely. I hope that anybody who reads Girl Squads realizes that women have always been working together to create change and that we're stronger together than we are apart. 
Absolutely. So where can people get a copy of Girl Squads, 20 Female Friendships That Changed History? You can pick up a book anywhere. Books are sold. You can buy it online. You can buy it in brick and mortar shops like Indigo. And um, there's also an audiobook that I narrated. So if you prefer audiobooks, you can pick oh, that up from cool. Penguin Random. Did you enjoy House. doing that? It was really challenging. Mm. I loved it, but it was Perhaps I was naive in thinking that it would be like easy to do. No, it was really hard, but I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, great. so for all the nerds out there, they can find you on social media at Sam Mags. That's me. S A M M A G G S. That that is pretty easy. Yeah. So you're everywhere. So what's coming up next? Uh, I'm I'm writing a video game DLC right now. So in November, if you've played the Spider-Man game from Insomniac, you can pick up a DLC for that that I worked on. Um, and keep your eye out for more. Oh, on December 18th, I have a, a book coming out with DK called Marvel, Fearless and Fantastic, which is an encyclopedia of all of Marvel's women superheroes. Wow. So, How many? Uh, there seem to be a lot, Did though. she bury the lead <laughs> <laughs> no, she's promoting her book. <laughs> that's future book. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, next that was, book. And that's one coming out just in time for Christmas. There's right? like more than 50 yeah, in the book. Say, because yeah, I think that's pretty, they've got a pretty good ratio. Totally. Absolutely. All right, Sam Max, thank you very much. Thanks. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, Excuse me, everyone. Now that I've discovered Hill Street's alcohol-free beer and wine, I've decided never to settle for anything less than the best. Linda, I will no longer eat your home-cooked lasagna. Dave, put your guitar away. You're terrible. And Janet, I'm leaving you. That's all. Please continue the funeral service. Hill Street Beverages. 0% alcohol, 100% taste. Don't settle for anything less. Available at fine retailers across Canada and at hillstreetbeverages.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Well, Saturday night at 8 o'clock, I know where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick my baby up and take her to the picture show. And joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies is our faithful film critic, Anne Brody. We're starting off with the story of astronaut Neil Armstrong, played by... Ryan Gosling, and the legendary space mission that led him to become the first man to walk on the moon in, let me think, the first man. (laughs) Yes, Kate. And your boyfriend, your imaginary boyfriend, Mm -hmm. is a strong odds for an Oscar for this. Really? Yes. Because all I'm hearing is Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga, Oscar, Oscar. He's like 14 and Ryan's six, but everyone else is like a five and a two. But you didn't like Lady Gaga's acting and everyone else is saying Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. So what do you know? I know nothing. (laughs) How many millions of films in my life? Okay, so talk about talk about Ryan. Let's go back to Ryan. Well, yeah, I mean Neil Armstrong is a celebrated figure, iconic mm-hmm. figure in, in the entire space race in world history. Mm-hmm. I don't think they beat the Russians, but uh, as for stepping on the mm-hmm. moon, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, just see it. it. It's it's brilliantly done. It puts you in the space. It's it really intense, and it gives you some idea of where his mind was at doing that. If you can imagine. You're the first newscaster to go up and first woman to step on the moon. Can you imagine what that would do? My mother still thinks it was all filmed in a back lot. Absolutely. Uh, what about bad times at the El Royale? It's fantastic. A lot of people don't like it, for, uh, and I don't really know why, but I found it to be so odd and eccentric and funny. Uh, it's about seven people who land on this dumpy 60s um, 
uh, resort that was all mobbed up in this in you know in the old Tahoe days, uh, and all these guests come because uh, Nick Offerman, who doesn't have a word in the film, buries a fortune underneath his hotel room there, and then dies like on the instant. So. Uh, What's her? Dakota Johnson comes in and she's got she's kidnapped a young girl. Um, John Hamm is there. He's a vacuum salesman. cleaner salesman or FBI agent, one of the other. Okay. Uh, Chris Hemsworth. Oh God, he's like a Charles Manson type. He's so against his usual role. Does Dakota so actually charming. act in this one? Yeah, she's good. She's good. Yeah, yeah. I think she's an okay actress. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, Twilight. That's not. That's not a story that requires acting. Really. No. I don't Twilight. Know. That Twilight. was Fifty Shades 50 of Everything. Shades. I lumped yeah. them all together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she was a breakout. And so was Kristen Stewart. So they have some purpose. But uh, it's almost biblical. Speaking of Bible, Jeff Bridges is a priest who may not be a priest, and he hooks up with a lounge singer played by a tremendous Broadway actor. Um, to to fight to get their share of the money, so it's just it's in one setting, and the action ramps up. Outrageous things happen. I haven't been quite so entertained by a film in a long, long while. Okay, I think this person is talented. I also think they're crazy. Alex Honnold, his like passion for death-defying climbs. There's now a documentary called Free Solo. He like he free climbs, no rope, no harnesses, no help. Like hundreds thousands thousands of feet, of feet up. up rock faces that that slant out towards him he finds the tiniest little bump and he puts his foot there mm-hmm. and then he t- finds a tiny mm-hmm. gap and puts his hand there and his stationary cameraman by the end of this ordeal it was a one day climb that he'd been preparing for for years the cameraman couldn't look anymore and he turned away and he was crying and all the other cameramen are are, are doing their job but freaked out and wondering about his mental state and I'll, you can go and find out whether he makes it or not <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got me nervous now um, let's uh, slip down to Studio 54 because yeah. boy that place left its mark didn't it though mm-hmm. and it was only in existence for 33 months isn't that shocking is that really no. all yeah. it was there 77 to 80 it just seems like it was always there. Yeah. Well, it was. It's referred to all the time in all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. It's a cultural uh, sort of high-low mark of of that era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people from all over the world, all walks of life, and especially the celebrities went there. And you find out why it came to such a sudden halt. I was really surprised, and some behind-the-scenes uh, goings on. Okay. Uh, well. Um, we have lots more to tell you about, but Anne, you're going to put it all on the blog. And there is a lot. There is a lot, which can, of course, be found on whatshesaidtalk.com. But you also got a chance to sit down with Sharkwater Extinction cast members, conservationist uh, Reggie Domingo and Brock Cahill about Rob Stewart's legacy and final documentary. And you say everyone should see this movie. So let's take a listen. Fifteen years ago, I began a quest to save sharks from shark fin soup. I never met Rob, but I've heard from people who did know him that he was magical. He changed my life. He made me from Barcelona go all the way to Costa Rica to save sharks. I've never seen a shark before I arrived to Costa Rica, like in wildlife, you know. I've seen sharks in tanks and in aquariums. And I think he had the power to change humanity, you know, he changed it already and he's still changing it. Still changing it and you'll carry on the legacy, you'll make films, you'll you'll go into dangerous places, you'll confront the enemy. It's part of our MO these days and, you know, like uh, magical is a good word to describe Robbie, but also a teacher, you know, and one of the most important things that he taught me as we were friends for a long time, is that the camera is a much more valuable and powerful weapon than a shotgun. And he, uh, he told me this a billion times because we see a lot of bad things and when we'd walk into places I would get very angry. And he was a very positive individual and he always gently reminded me, hey dude, stick to the light, you know, the anger's going to get you nowhere. Remember, we got to change people here. We, we're not just fighting against monsters that are fishing sharks. We, we have to work with these folks and we have to figure out a way to allow them to care about what's going on here because it's their future as well as ours. Rob's parents 
are very involved in the process and I mean yeah. it must have been rough for them but yes tell me about their experience if you can well I can't speak for them but witnessing you know all that they've had to go through of course it was the most tragic heartbreak that you would ever consider and extended, right? Just yeah yeah and you know it's a blessing that we have this body of work that he's left behind with us and all the footage and all the the wonderful text and voice and everything else that you know he, he's left with us but at the same time it's challenging to go through on a daily basis especially for a parent or you know I consider him a member of my family also so you know it's like it's wonderful that I get a chance to see him every day but at the same time it's it's really challenging so for his folks good lord you know can you imagine that and Robbie was their pride and their joy they really um, allowed him to be who he was to be you know and uh, it, that, that was an amazing thing for him. Because it's a crazy dream right? Yeah. I want to save sharks I want to save species. And especially when he was doing it at the beginning everybody's like what are you a nut job you know like sharks no kill them all you know there's a quote in his first movie the only good sharks are dead sharks so, you know people really thought that kind of thing until this guy walked along and he changed that and um, that's due in large part to, you know, his folks allowing him and supporting him on his mission to be able to, you know, step forward like that. You know, you show us these places um, in Costa Rica and in South Africa where they actually and actively hunt sharks. Generally in the world, it's banned, right? But in some countries they do it. I mean, it's not illegal to fish sharks, sadly, in most of the places of the world where it's illegal. Sometimes it's, it's to export their fins, some of the species right. are protected by international congresses or international laws or national laws, it depends on the country. Um, sadly, they are still not completely banned. There's seasons in some areas of the planet where you cannot fish for three months. There are some species that are completely banned, like great whites in many, many countries. Does that matter? Um, you know what, like... Them? Yes, I mean, yeah, it matters and it doesn't. It, it does matter because we do have, right. you know, legislation in place. Attention. But legislation is one thing and enforcement is something else altogether. Yeah. Like just a, two days ago, there was a great white shark in San Diego that was brought to fish market in San Diego, California. Great white is a massively endangered species and super illegal. And it was on the street in San Diego, California, not that far from where I live. Oh, my God. Yeah, so That's does it matter? Yeah, it, it matters, yes, but does it stop it? No. It's up to us. You know, the film is so incredibly powerful because it works on the level of, of sharks and nature and, and on Rob's legacy. So it's very emotional. And the screening that we saw the other day, a lot of the press were crying. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, so I know that's that feeling. You get to people, you know, you yeah. spread the message, yes. you get the job done. Yeah. You do, and, and he had a, a knack for doing just that in a way that no one before him or since him I've seen able to do it, you know? Like Reggie said, she saw the movie, she had to change her whole life. I'm a similar story, you know? I saw the film, I, I, I first saw Rob on a cover of a magazine, Free Diving with Sharks, and I was like, who's that guy? Is he crazy? Yeah, that's awesome. I, I would like to try that too. And then his film came out shortly after that, and I saw it and reached out to him immediately and said, "Hey, dude, I want to be friends with you." And he was like, "Yeah, let's be bros, shall we?" You know. And I was teaching yoga in Los Angeles, and he was like, "Oh, I want to get into yoga." So we became fast friends. He came on a yoga retreat with me, and we went swimming with sharks, and the rest is history. Oh, man. That's beautiful, beautiful story. Well, you'll—I know you'll create a beautiful legacy to come. Thank you so much, both of you. Thank you for your bravery. Oh, of course. Thanks, Thank you for having us here. Yeah, and helping us get this word out. That's what needs to happen. Betcha. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. <sighs> Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. <laughs> and accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. 
Dear Diary, It's day 15 and I still can't seem to figure it out. How can Hill Street's alcohol-free beer and wine taste so good? A. They've invented a new undetectable alcohol. B. They're straight up lying to us. Or C. They're wizards and each drink is infused with the blood of dragons! I think I'm onto something. Hill Street Beverages. 0% alcohol, 100% taste. Available at fine retailers across Canada and at hillstreetbeverages.com. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now here at What She Said is Emily Ramshaw, who runs the Canadian division of Bumble, so Bumble Canada. Um, Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, you're going to tell us about the way people are connecting and meeting in today's age and the leading brand behind it all. Sounds great. I'm excited. So tell us about Bumble. So Bumble was started in 2014 as a dating platform, a way to meet people via an app. Um, The North Star of Bumble is that it is a safe space for women to connect with whoever they want to connect with online. Um, And that our kind of end mission is to end misogyny online, which is like a big mission, but... That's what we're working yeah, on. Yeah, don't set an easy task for yourself. <laughs> I know. You? Uh, so, but I mean, it's 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 led by women. Yes. Um, employs eighty five percent women exactly, and prioritizes its women users, as you mentioned. How does it do that? So, the entire idea of Bumble is that we create a safest space as possible on the internet. Um, Kind of the idea of Whitney Wolf Heard, who founded the company, was that she wanted to create a women's internet. Um, And so we created a platform where women have to make the first move, whether they're connecting. And now we have a BFF platform to meet friends and biz where you can network. But no matter what, women have to talk first. So it creates this element of control and right from the start, like a dynamic where women are in control and have to make the first move. Okay, so I'm going to ask a stupid question. Do it. <laughs> so ask me so many questions. There are a bunch of women on Bumble on this supposed new internet for women. Mm-hmm. And you want to you want to run a business proposition by somebody. So which woman starts the conversation? So if it's between two women, yeah. anyone can talk first. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. It's okay. only in heterosexual encounters that women have to talk first. So okay. how okay, I was gonna ask how much of the business is what? So dating is still the core of our platform. We have uh, women who are dating women, we have men who are dating men, we have women who are dating men, um, and it runs the gamut. So, but we also have on the BFF platform, it's all women meeting women or men meeting men. And on biz, it's everyone meeting everyone. But the great thing about having these three different platforms is the intentionality Mm -hmm. it sets. So, for example, if you're on date, you're there to find a date. Like, everyone knows that. It's very clear. If you're on BFF, you're there to look for friends. And maybe you just moved to a new city. Maybe you just had a baby and your life has changed. And you're looking for a new social group. Maybe you just graduated and you're looking for a new social group. Whereas on biz, the intentionality is, again, very clear. You are there to network with other people. Whether it's you're looking for a mentor, whether you're looking for a job, whether you're looking for advice, whether you just want to get out there and meet other professionals who are around you. Mm -hmm. So it creates this dynamic where, you know, because you choose and it's not just like a free for all, 
there is this understanding amongst our users of what you're there for, which is really nice. Well, and boy, have you got users because Bumble launched in 2014 and now has more than 40 million users worldwide. That's like 10, more than 10 million a year if you consider you launched sometime in the middle of 2014. So, I mean, the growth. Yeah. How are you feeling about that? It's really exciting. <laughs> it's really exciting. And I can also tell you that we have more than 10% of Canadians on Bumble, which is crazy. Really? Yeah. And it's really nice because it just means that, you know, because we are so mission led and because we talk about our values so much, mm-hmm. it's great to see the reception of that and that people understand it and want to be part of it, especially here in Canada, you know, our wanting t- our values of inclusivity and diversity and kindness and respect and integrity, all of those things align so well with, I think, what so many Canadians want out of a company so take us take us through something so um, as we've said on bumble women always make the first move if the match is a same sex match mm-hmm. either person can start a chat within 24 hours of being matched so then if a chat isn't initiated within 24 hours what happens the match expires yeah so it disappears okay. there's a couple things to kind of add on to that mm-hmm. so in biz you have seven days because we realized that for that business people are busy (laughs) yeah and it might you you might just not have the same urgency that you do right if you want to go on a date with someone um there's also we have uh bumble boost where which is our paid model Mm -hmm. so bumble's free for everyone to use but Mm -hmm. you can pay to subscribe to bumble boost in which case you get to extend all of your matches as long as you'd like Um, But yeah, it's a way essentially to say we think of Bumble and because we're so careful about kind of policing the behavior on Bumble, we're very careful about any like hate speech, anything that would make anyone feel threatened, any pictures that are inappropriate, because we want to make it as though you're meeting someone in real life. No one's rude to you in real life. No one calls you like any of the terrible things that you might hear on another Mm. platform in real life. And so that same 24 hour thing kind of mimics that like, okay, you've met someone, got to move on it. That's a huge job though. You must have a huge staff doing that, monitoring that. Our customer service team is absolutely incredible. I have to say it's the core of the business. All of that um, taking care of our users is really everything to us. Well, and you know what? I believe you because this is, I mean, you hear people say that. They say they care about the end user and the result. But you just launched something that I think is amazing for for the app, Snooze. So this is a new feature that allows users to pause their activity on Bumble because you're concerned about the heavy use of social media and and the possible adverse mental health effects, especially on young women. So, So you're basically saying, no, 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 you're on you're on too much. You're kind of like, you know, the Ontario Lottery Corporation. You're saying your time's up. You need to take a break here. Well, I think there's also one of our other core values is accountability and making sure that we're accountable to our users, but our users are also accountable to each other. Mm -hmm. So when with this new snooze feature, it's essentially like an out of office with an email. So any of your matches will say will see that I'm away from Bumble right now. I'm not going to respond for, and you can fill out the amount of time. And that means that you're not ignoring them. You're not ghosting them. You're just off. And I think we've all kind of feel this like desire to kind of put the phone down sometimes. I know I do. And this is our way of acknowledging that not everyone wants to be online all of the time. So uh, how did you get to Bumble? Because you, you earned a liberal arts degree from McGill. You started your career at Flair, I yes. believe. And then you helped establish an office for a coveteur in New York. And now Bumble. So this is... It's been an interesting path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I started in fashion as an editor um, and was in New York with Coveture. Mm-hmm. And I came home back to Toronto to freelance for myself essentially work as a writer Mm -hmm. and ended up doing a lot more brand consulting than I expected. Uh, I think a lot of people, a lot of brands want an editorial or just digital point of view, which is what I had. Mm -hmm. And Bumble was one of my early clients and it developed into an amazing, very organic relationship. And Canada kind of 
was a market that was doing really well. And I was able to come in and kind of help that along. And it's been really exciting to be part of a brand like theirs. So what's your what's your favorite part of the gig? I think my favorite part is just hearing about real users' experiences on mm-hmm. the app. Um, there's a big part of what we do is get kind of inundated with these incredible stories of not even just people who have been married via the app or who have met a new friend on the app, but people who actually feel empowered to take their relationships on and like take control of their relationships because the app gives them that feeling mm-hmm. of empowerment, which is so incredible to hear because that's the entire point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's fascinating because yeah. we were joking about how uh, these days we're getting hit on, on LinkedIn. It's like, how did well, that this happen? Is why biz, this is honestly <laughs> why we started Biz, because we wanted to create it. We, I've also had that happen to me. Yeah. And this is a way for us to kind of like protect those relationships so that you like meet people for real. Perfect. So where can people find the app? Just go to the App Store and look for Bumble. Bumble and Biz, BFF and Date are all on the same app. If you're not interested in dating and you just want to meet friends or network, you can hide date. That's awesome. Emily Ramshaw, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, Excuse me, everyone. Now that I've discovered Hill Street's alcohol-free beer and wine, I've decided never to settle for anything less than the best. Linda, I will no longer eat your home-cooked lasagna. Dave, put your guitar away. You're terrible. And Janet, I'm leaving you. That's all. Please continue the funeral service. Hill Street Beverages. 0% alcohol, 100% taste. Don't settle for anything less. Available at fine retailers across Canada and at (laughs) hillstreetbeverages.com. Want to know more about the music and the musicians you love? Today we're talking about five bands that have been at it for a very long time. The entire album was recorded over three weekend sessions for a cost of $6,000. Whenever I do an impression of Bob Dylan, that's the only line that I do. Tangle up in blue. That's, that's it. And you that's, do it That's all I do. Well. I can't do it again. Do it again. Tangle up in blue. <laughs> what that Eric Alper knows will spin your head Sundays on What She Said Talk. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. I see you taking up my life, babe. Trying to make this right, babe. Honey girls, honey girls, honey girls. I see them, I see them going up your phone. What you are listening to is Fallout, the new single by Toronto pop singer-songwriter Kiara Young, who joins us in studio now. Welcome to What She Said. Hello. (laughs) It's great to be here. (laughs) Now, that song has already gained more than 35,000 streams on Spotify. Congrats. Thank you so much. (laughs) Tell us about the inspiration behind it. Um, It's a lot of inspiration. Um, Fallout is a very, like, dear song to me um you know a lot of inspiration for any song that i write is from like kind of like my everyday life um but fallout is more of like a fallout of a relationship that i had um and kind of like coming out of that fallout and and coming out as a stronger person sort of thing so that's a very like short version of like what the song is actually about but yeah so we understand it was your uncle Josh, an mm-hmm. independent musician and a busker who took you under his wing and ignited that musical spark. 
spark in you? Yes, yeah. So ever since I was a kid, um, you know, we would kind of like be singing for like family functions and stuff. And then, you know, he was like, oh, like you can actually sing. Like, and I was like six, you know what I mean? Mm. So then, you know, he started to teach me guitar slowly. And, and then we started like playing gigs together and playing in church basements and that sort of thing. And he really just taught me so much that I know today about music mm. and, um, yeah, he was just such an inspiration for me big time growing up, you know, like he was my best friend. Like anytime I learned a new chord, I'd be like, oh, I can't wait to show Josh. You know, yeah. it was it was one of those. It was a really special relationship for sure. And what about the journey as a solo career? Like for myself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 you were a session musician with, I mean, you performed with Sean Desmond and other things. So why, yeah, why go solo? Well, so I was actually solo before Sean Desmond. Um, and, you know, I, I did a self-released EP and then mm-hmm. I kind of got picked up by the Sean Desmond camp. Um, and it was just such a cool experience. You know, I got to play arenas all over Canada um, and it was just so, so cool. Um, and then kind of after that, I realized after playing the ACC, I was like, you know what? I, I need this for myself, you know? Like, I, I need to get here on my own. Um, so, yeah, like, that's that's been a big uh, kind of, like, motivational factor for me going solo. And it's also, you know, I get to be, like, in, in control of my own, like, creativity and, and, and all that. So, yeah. <laughs> so what's coming up next? Um, so next I have another single coming out um, October 26th mm-hmm. uh, called Not For You, um, which I'm really excited about. And we have another music video as well. And then doing some shows and, and that sort of thing. And then... And uh, later in 2019, I'm going to be releasing a EP called um, Technicolor. Cool. Yeah. So where can people find you on social? So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, all of the socials. I'm there. Okay. What's the handle? Uh, it's at Kiara Young. At Kiara Young. Yes. Your actual name. You're That's, so lucky yeah. you got that. I know. Awesome. Well, I have such an obscure name. I feel like it was pretty easy. I've also like been on it since like day one. So. <laughs> well, thank you uh, all for joining us today. That is it for What She Said. We'll be back again tomorrow at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. Singing us out now in our live studio sessions. Here is Kiara Young performing Fallout. me fall out. You watch me make a fool of myself. Took me for granted. I didn't stand a chance for your love. When you come around, come around, come around. I see you, I see you taking on my life, babe. Trying to make this right, babe. On the girls, on the girls, on the girls. I see him, I see him blowing up your phone when we try to be alone, babe. You don't need me anymore. Tangled my heart like you're in control. I get so lost with you by my side. Switching places when our worlds collide over and over. You took a piece of what I had, had to give I was suspended, I father the words you said That you now forget when you come around, come around, come around I see you, I see explosions in the sky They reflecting in your eyes Got other girls, other girls, other girls I see them, I see them hanging off your charm Got them wrapped around your arms, babe You don't need me anymore Tangled my heart like you're in control I get so lost with you by my side Switching places when our worlds collide So won't you tell me why all the stars fell down Won't you tell me why you keep on pushing me That you're pushing me, you're pushing me out Kills me when you say you don't need me anymore Tangled my like you're in control I get so lost with you by my side Switching places when our worlds collide
when our worlds collide. Switching places when our worlds collide. It is your favorite girl. That's right, it's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. <laughs>